Hello, and welcome back to A Texan Abroad. This is lucky number 13 of 30 political conversations, video podcasts I'm doing. You can find the video versions on Instagram TV, on my Instagram profile, a.texan.abroad, and the audio versions on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Just subscribe, rate, and review to A Texan Abroad. Let me know how I'm doing and what you're thinking about what I'm saying. Yesterday, we kind of cracked the door a little bit on business, the economy, government, how they all work together. I'd like to kind of continue that discussion a little bit uh, by talking about government spending and taxation today. The first question I think that kind of comes with the territory when you're talking about this topic is where should the government's money be going? The government raises a great deal of money, most governments do anyway, uh, by taxing its citizens and by taxing its local corporations. So what should they be spending this money on? Again, actually yesterday when we were talking about the economy and the government generally, I think there comes down to a fundamental difference in ideology. Some people believe that the government should be deeply involved in everyone's lives and provide a lot of essential services, and some that are even maybe deemed unessential. And some people believe the very bare minimum, uh, and even those, should not be provided by the government. They want more freedom for business and for individuals. As with most things, I probably side somewhere in the middle. Uh, thinking that if we looked along that spectrum, we could find a nice little happy medium somewhere. Um, I do think there are things, and the idea of government and the idea of taxation and the idea of society in general is that there are some things that individuals can't do, that uh, they can't build roads by themselves or airports or other infrastructure aspects. They can't build a school, uh, even though communities do a great job of funding those in America. Um, so those are aspects, whether it's education, infrastructure, defense, uh, obviously healthcare, which is actually a, a pretty big issue right now in America. And what percentage of that and what level of that should be um, paid for and provided by the government? I think all of that can be debated, how much um, government spending should go into what areas. I do think there's one thing that we need to understand, and that's exactly where all of our government money is going. One thing that I think you're going to hear a lot during the next 10 minutes as I talk about this topic is I think transparency uh, and kind of clarity are very important when we talk about spending and taxes generally. Not knowing where our money goes, specifically what the taxpayer is actually paying for on a regular basis. Not only how much are we paying our officials, is it too much or too little, um, but even how much are we paying for individual things. Now, not everyone is going to be interested in every little thing, but I think if you were to actually make things a little bit more transparent, you would hold officials a lot more accountable, which would actually make them considerably um, more responsible and more efficient in spending and allocating their resources. Because there's a lot of, I won't say secrecy, but there is uh, a lot of haziness perhaps and where money goes when it goes to the government. And that's not just with America. I think that's with most countries and especially countries actually uh, like where I'm sitting right now in Russia, where does all the taxpayer dollars, where do all the taxpayer dollars go? It's, it's a good question. And some people look around. Actually, you can see behind me, this is a part of the Garden Ring here in Moscow. And these lovely decorations grow up every winter. Uh, and they actually have decorations for the summer as well. And they look really great. But if you talk to a lot of locals, they would prefer that the money went to something a little bit more useful. Um, and maybe that's another option, is actually having citizens kind of have some sort of say in where the resources are allocated. 
uh, once the money is actually pulled together. There's no doubt that we absolutely need to make sure that we pull as much money as we can, as much money as we're willing to give as citizens, and uh, put it towards the resources that we think are most useful for our city, our, our state, uh, our country. Um, which brings me to the next question is, uh, should the rich be paying more in taxes than the middle class or the poor? Well, technically, actually, the rich always pay more because we're based in, basing it on a percentage. But um, the question is, the elevated income tax structure that exists in America, is it something, fa is, is it fair fundamentally? Um, is it okay to tax uh, wealthy people more than you tax middle class and lower class people? I think most people, if you talk to them about that on kind of a face-to-face -face level, most of them tend to actually agree with you that uh, taxing uh, the wealthy at a higher rate is even okay, as long as it doesn't surpass uh, a certain number. The main thing I think that most people worry about, and I do as well actually, is that you don't want to punish success. You don't want to in some way disincentivize right, being successful, making thresholds that if you pass over a certain amount of money uh, that you're making every year, that all of a sudden my taxes get hiked up quite a bit. And then I start almost, uh, again, trying to avoid hitting that number or start hiding money uh, or trying to, you know, do some creative accounting so that I can make sure that I have a lower tax bill than I would otherwise. I think you need to make sure that those who are successful uh, feel that they're not being taken advantage of in some way. And I understand these are, these are rich people. It's uh, successful people, it's hard to feel, quote-unquote, sorry for them. It's not about feeling sorry for them. It's about someone who works really hard all their life to make something happen. And what percentage of rich people fit the bill that I just described? It's a good question. But regardless, however they made their money, um, and whether they inherited it or they earned it themselves through blood, blood sweat, and tears, doesn't matter. The, the idea, and this is perhaps one of the things I think a lot of liberals, a lot of Democrats don't understand very much, is a lot of people vote with their own pocketbook. And it's not even their actual pocketbook, it's what they think their pocketbook is. Uh, we often overestimate our abilities or the success that we're going to have or even that we're having right now. If you look a lot of uh, democratic tax plans, they actually don't go that high. They don't affect that many people. There's millions of dollars that you need to be earning before they really affect you. That being said, a lot of people believe that they can hit that threshold sometime. And they look at that number or they look at other numbers and they just say, look, fundamentally, you want to tax successful people more than you want to tax people who are less successful. And I don't like that because I think I'm going to be successful in the future. And that turns a lot of people off and it makes them kind of angry and upset because they live in a system that um, looks down upon in some way, at least financially, those who are able to achieve great financial wealth. Which leads me to the next question is, should you actually tax wealth? It's something that's been discussed by some of the more liberal uh, left-wing candidates. The idea of taxing the wealth of individuals or families um, that they have amassed. I think, again, you have to be careful about disincentivizing being successful. You want to encourage people to give back to communities, which I think that's another key in solving some of these issues, is incentivizing behavior, um, which I'll talk about in a second when we talk about corporate taxes. Um, but also, I think you have to be careful about people wanting to misreport, about hiding assets. 
rich people are incredibly good with creative accounting. They hire the best accountants and the best accounting firms, and they're able to manipulate the system better than most. And it's not particularly fair, um, but that's just the way that it goes. The smartest accountants, just like the smartest lawyers, they charge the highest rates, which means they're available to the people who have the most money. And the rules, both the legal rules as well as the kind of financial tax and accounting rules, are so complicated that the average person doesn't really understand how to manipulate and use them to their benefit. We all have the same rules that we have to follow, and actually if we had good accountants, then we could probably take advantage of them to our benefit as well. Unfortunately, we just don't know those rules. Um, so when you start taxing wealth or even increasing the amount of money that you're taxing uh, the wealthy in terms of the percentage, I think you start encouraging them to do some duplicitous behavior. It's just natural. Someone wants to take more of your money, you start trying to figure out ways to lessen that number. Um, it's a fine line between tax avoidance and tax evasion. And a lot of people don't really know where that line is because it's not particularly clear, um, just like the laws that govern taxing. Yeah? Um, so then the question becomes, what about the corporations? Why aren't the actual corporations paying more money? Actually, they were not too long ago. It's one thing I think that Trump said he was going to do that he did. He decreased it. I think it was in the 30% range. 32% and now it's down to 20 something. Yeah, so 35 to 21 actually is the percentage decrease that corporations used to pay on their profits. So why don't we increase that? Why don't we tax companies a little bit more? Again, we have to be careful and actually with companies, it's perhaps even um, a little bit more tricky than taxing individuals because companies can very easily move money overseas, keep money overseas because of the efforts of globalization not all of the money that they uh, bring back to the U.S. or that they make generally, even if it's a U.S.-based corporation, is made here. So if we start encouraging people to keep money overseas and actually even to incorporate their businesses to base them in some offshoring island country or some other place, we have to be pretty careful about, again, disincentivizing companies to set up shop in America or whatever country uh, you're from. You want to actually encourage people through uh, clarity of the law, through uh, financial incentives, to actually set up shop where your country is and to pay their fair share. Now, what is their fair share? That's a fine question. But what I would say, especially when it comes to companies and perhaps even when it comes to individuals, I would say the better option, some of the better ideas, it's more about incentivizing behavior. And a great example uh, that I often talk about here uh, is the 401k matching. So in the US, you can match 401ks, which means that the company can pay money into a retirement account, a private retirement account of an individual. And that amount that they pay into the 401k is not part of the salary. So it's not taxed by the government. And in fact, the money that the, gov that the company pays into this account is tax, de tax deductible. So in a way, there's an incentive for companies to pay into the retirement accounts of its employees, right? Uh, and for people, there's no reason not to actually put money in that account so that the company will match. And there you go. Now you've started to actually create an incentivized system that helps kind of solve one of the problems of Social Security. I think setting up similar ideas, being creative with uh, your schemes in terms of what behaviors do we want people and companies to, be, uh, to kind of um, exhibit. Uh, 
uh, with the, when it comes to their finances, whether it's giving money to charity, encouraging people to help invest in their retirement, even providing medical insurance and other things. I think we can try and make a list or understand the behaviors that are beneficial uh, to society as a whole and start trying to figure out ways that companies and wealthy individuals can benefit by doing those behaviors, by actually making those things come to fruition as individuals or companies. I think that's one of the first ideas in the last question, which is how do we go about actually solving some of the, the problems that we have? I think first and foremost, as I just said, incentivizing or creating systems that make people or push people, nudge people even, uh, towards doing the things that we think are best for us as a city, state, country, whatever. Um, two, I think simplification. I think a lot of laws, and I've said this a million times, I love all my lawyer friends out there, uh, both uh, at home and abroad. Uh, I've taught a lot of lawyers in my day in, in, in Turkey, China, here. Um, I think laws are overly complicated. Uh, and I think we need to understand that actually writing laws, now sometimes they need to be complicated, but actually even when it comes to taxes, I think the more simple that the legislation is, the more access lower income people have to understand, uh, not manipulate, but to understand and benefit from those rules. It's also we can actually see what people are doing, which I think is another uh, very important aspect, which is kind of transparency. Of course, no one wants to tell anyone else what they make every year, especially in the U.S. I read an article recently uh, that was talking about how talking about money in the United States is just not something that we do. And to a large extent, it's true. Actually, when I lived in China, it was quite the opposite. It was very interesting to be in a culture that actually openly discusses finances amongst friends and family members. But in America, we don't do that. And I understand. It's a little weird. It's a little awkward to talk about how much money you make, how much you pay in taxes. Instead, we like to point to the Mercedes or the new wing of our house or whatever else that we buy and say, look, this is how I can measure my success. I think if you're transparent about how much money people make and how much money people pay in taxes as well as companies and make that information relatively publicly available, um, while it might not be as comfortable, you'll start to see people actually... Uh, be a lot more honest about it. And actually, Trump is a great example, as we've seen. Now that he's having to answer questions about his taxes, he's kind of fessing up to what he's owed. So those are some of my ideas and thoughts. Think about them. Let me know what you think. Have a great Friday evening. And until tomorrow, I'm a Texan abroad.